Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chatty Fox, Conversations with a 20-something, with me, Melissa, a 20-something. And today, I have another good episode for you today. It's raining outside. It is January 5th. Happy New Year! Oh my god, I forgot to say that. Happy New Year! This is the first episode of the new year for me, even though it's, I think when I release this, it's gonna be... January 11th but either way you know it's still the new year this is my first episode of the new year and I'm excited to just start this new year off with you know good episodes coming your way I already have some planned with a guest as well I have two guest episodes planned that I haven't released or like I haven't edited yet but it will come out so I'm just super excited for that And I'm also excited because next month is my one-year anniversary of this podcast. Like, I can't believe that a year flew by already. My first episode came out on February 16th. So that's literally in less than two months. So that's that's mind-blown. I'm excited to film my one-year anniversary episode. I still don't know what I'm gonna do, so if you have any advice or, like, suggestions, please let me know because I already know I want to save that episode to have, like, a really special bottle of wine because with the revenue I've been getting with Anchor ads, even though it's been, like, one cent per listen, I'm gonna use that revenue to pay for a bottle of wine, basically saying that like, you know, you guys are buying that bottle for me. So I'm gonna do that. And I already know I do wanna go down memory lane a little and probably play like clips here and there from past episodes. Kind of like what my friend Marielle did for her first, uh, her anniversary episode for her podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. If you know, you should know by now, but if you don't know, then go follow her at at that show f me up she was on my podcast i had her on as my first guest but i am gonna probably do something like that and i don't know i kind of just or i wanted to do something else too i just don't know what so i don't know when i figure it out i'll i'll let you know when it comes out so make sure you follow my podcast socials at the chatty fox underscore so you can be notified when i do that episode because it's gonna be a good one i'm gonna buy decorations and everything i'm gonna go all out so wait on that. But yeah, without further ado, let's get into today's episode because I have a lot to talk about. Like I said, it's the first episode of the new year, year 2023. I can't believe it's the new year already, but I did want to talk about, obviously, new year resolutions because that is a big thing now and I just felt like it was a good topic to start off the year with and kind of just give my insights on it. I looked up, you know, some psychology behind New Year's resolutions. And I kind of just wanted to like, you know, tell you some of my New Year's resolutions. That's not very like typical, you know, like eat healthy, work out. Like I kind of wanted to talk about some resolutions that I think are not talked about a lot, but I feel like it'll really improve me and I really want to try to achieve this year. So if you're interested, make sure that you stay tuned for that. But of course, you know, I had to have a wine pairing for this podcast. There is no dry January here. I am not following that. Maybe one year, but this is not the year. However, I did pick one that I feel, you know, fit the theme of like new year, new me, trying to stay healthy and all that. So today's wine pairing is the Wonderful Wine Co. 2020 Chardonnay from California. 
And if you don't know about the Wonder, the Wonderful Wine Company, they are a vegan and cruelty-free wine company. So their little slogan on here literally says, clean wine made with organic grapes, sustainable sustainably farmed, vegan friendly. Yeah, vegan friendly. <laughs> and right here on the bottom it says taste like dolphin rides and being promoted to head astronaut. I mean, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah, you probably have seen this wine at Trader Joe's. That's where I got this wine. I actually drank the Cabernet Sauvignon on this podcast before. When I had my conversation with Janelle Vallin, I forgot which episode it was. Let me check. Okay, it was episode 30. So if you haven't heard that yet, make sure you go listen to that episode where we talked about uh, sexual health and Latin Latinas in public health. But I did drink the Cabernet Sauvignon of this wine company. And it wasn't my favorite. It did taste kind of, you know, I kind of described it as like when you drink Diet Coke instead of regular Coke. So you know how like Diet Coke, you know, when you drink it compared to regular Coke, it has a different like aftertaste. That's kind of like how that Cabernet tasted. It wasn't, you know, the worst, but it wasn't the best either. Um, But I didn't really go more in depth into it because it was a guest episode. So I figured why not, you know, have the Chardonnay on my podcast today so we can really dive deep into it and talk about vegan wines in general, you know, just in case either if you're vegan or not, or if you just want to start drinking stuff that's more cruelty-free, sustainably made and, you know, if that's your New Year's resolutions to be a little healthier, you know, this, I just felt like it went with this podcast topic, you know, so that is the wine lesson for today as well about vegan wines. But before I get into all of that, let's just open this bad boy already. Okay, so I didn't put it in the fridge because I know with white wines it's best to chill it but you know it's raining outside like I mentioned so I was like no I think I'm gonna just try drinking it room temperature just to see you know like if I like it like that um and right away it did smell a little like sour so I'm thinking like a fruity or a sour fruit like green apple maybe and upon tasting it you know it, it like I think a lot of Chardonnays taste similar like it tastes very, they're full bodied yellow. So it's definitely, you know, more, you'll feel it in your tongue. It's more full, it's buttery, but it also tasted a little sour too. So I did get, you know, I'm thinking the green apples in the, in the taste as well. And I looked it up on online in vvnote.com because I don't think the wonderful wine company has a website, or at least I couldn't find it. And right here, it said that the wine has pear, melon, and apple notes. So I think that's where the sourness comes from and like the fruitiness as well. And I forgot to mention, it is 13.7% alcohol per volume. So it is a pretty, you know, alcohol-full white wine. That's usually how much or the most that a white wine can be seen to have. And I'm, I think this one was pretty good. I think I liked it better than the Cabernet that I had from this company. So I think overall I'll rate this wine a 7 out of 10. It was 
really good. I've had better Chardonnays, but it's honestly not bad, especially because it's vegan. I did not taste it, like, compared to the Cabernet tasting different than regular Cabernets. This Chardonnay doesn't taste different. It didn't taste like a diet Coke versus regular Coke. It did taste like a regular Chardonnay, so it was pretty good. Okay, so for the second part of this episode, the wine segment, before we get into today's topic, I did want to, again, like I mentioned, wanted to talk about vegan wines and just basically, more specifically, how they're made. So I'm not sure if you, the listener, you know, or I don't know if you knew that wine isn't vegan, like just general wine, basic wine is not vegan. And here's why because wines you know during fermentation like i mentioned before the yeast converts the sugar in the grape juice into alcohol but i did not mention that during this process it leaves behind tiny molecules and you know this is after it turns into alcohol so the rest that is not used is just floating around in the juice and this could be like proteins or this word that I don't know how to say. I think it's called tartrates. I don't know. I'm getting all this information, which I'll link in the show notes in this article by wineinsiders.com. So these particles, like I mentioned, are just floating around. They're not going to be used because all all the sugar has turned into alcohol already. So of course, wine producers want to try to remove these particles because they don't want no particles floating around in your wine like obviously it's all about presentation and they don't want their wine to look cloudy or to look you know weird with things floating around in it so they use animal products to filter out these particles so their wine comes out clear also i found this like fun fact out from sarah roth I mentioned her many times. She is a sommelier and she has a podcast at The Wine CEO. She she has an episode on vegan wines and this is where I found that fact out and I was shook. She said that the animal products that they use to filter out these products can range from egg whites, animal protein, or even fish bladder, which that, that honestly sounds really gross. So just, I mean, I don't know if I ruined wine for you there, but that that fact shook me because i didn't know that they used those things to literally make wine i just thought it was like the fermentation was done and then they just like bottled it or whatever but yeah they use animal products to filter out these sediments so that's why wine like general basic wine you find at the store may or may not be vegan so if you are vegan and you love wine i really think it's important to look into this because You know, you can maybe even not be knowing this. I don't know if you're vegan and you've been drinking wine, but now you know that it's, you have to just be more careful and look into the process of how it's made. So vegan wine is made by obviously either not filtering out these sediments completely so they don't have to use those animal products or they use other vegan methods to filter out these products, which can, you know, be more expensive so i think that's why it's not as common to use these products they use pea protein or activated charcoal i don't know how exactly that filters out these sentiments but that's what they could use like i'm guessing i couldn't find out how this specific wine pairing we have today uh filtered out their wine because as you can see from the instagram picture i posted of it 
it looks clear so i'm not sure how they filtered it i couldn't find anything on that but i can assume that they used pea protein or activated charcoal or something like that because there's no sediment in there however if you remember my astrology episode with my stepsister stephanie salazar that was episode let me check 26 and 27 so in that episode actually specifically it was 26 we had on this rosé from this winery called reyes winery and they make their wine vegan like their wine is sustainably made and in that episode we even said that the rosé we were drinking has sediment in it and that's how you can also find out if the wine is vegan if you see sediment in there i know it may look weird but it's actually really safe to drink it's okay it's natural that's also another way to know if your wine is vegan if it says that it's a natural wine that means it was made naturally sustainably made wine and it does not go through a lot of process so it's less processed so that is another way that you can find out if your wine is vegan if you're really trying to drink only vegan wines but yeah that's basically like very short gist of how a wine is made to be vegan and why basic regular wine is not vegan it's basically all comes down to the fermentation process and how they eliminate the molecules that come out of the fermentation process so if you really want to make sure that your wine is vegan you can either really read the label to see you know how if they mention anything about sustainably made or you can ask the producer themselves if you're like at a winery or at a curated wine wine store and they know about it you can ask them or you can google it nowadays i feel like there's specific companies like this one the wonderful wine company that specialize in vegan wine so you can you know maybe just be a loyal member to one of them and just buy from them if you're like really adamant about just drinking vegan wine but yeah that was today's wine lesson on vegan wine i hope that that was interesting and maybe even made you want to try vegan wine if you haven't just to see you know if there's a difference between them or if you're just trying to start this new new year's resolution of only you know drinking healthy sustainable sustainably made products and natural products then go for it honestly this wine was pretty good you're not going to be missing out on anything if you make the switch or even if you are vegan i hope that this was an easy guide to make you you know be more aware of when you're out shopping which wines to get so thank you again for listening and let's take a little wine break before we head into today's topic and we'll be right back So we're back and I had to take a little break because it's it's so cold in my room. It's still cold. Like I'm in my blanket. It's been raining all week. It's going to rain this weekend too and I think next week too. But I mean, I guess it's a good thing for California. I'm going to be like those people who are like, damn, we needed this. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's true. I guess we do need it. But anyway, like I said, today is the first episode of 2023 and I just felt like it was a good opportunity to just, you know, start off fresh 
and talk about the idea of New Year's resolutions, the idea of wanting to better yourself, the whole psychology on, you know, why people make New Year's resolutions, the actual motivations that people might have. So I thought that was interesting. I did some research and like I mentioned, I'm gonna include them in the show notes. So I did get a lot of my stuff and ideas from this podcast called Let's Talk About Mental Health. So I listened to their episode about New Year's resolutions because they, the host went through obviously the mental health aspect behind New Year's resolutions, but also the, the psychology behind it and just gave tips on how to make appropriate New Year's resolutions that are not overwhelming or not, you know, not realistic, if that makes sense. I also thought it would be interesting to include some Instagram interactions that I actually posted on my story not that long ago. But I basically asked if you guys had any New Year's resolutions because I wanted to see, you know, if you guys had any, if there was any common theme of certain resolutions or how your guys' mindsets were when you guys go about these resolutions. And honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. First person said being active in a low pressure consistent way started in December going strong. Honestly, good for you. You go girl. Next, not feel guilty for taking a break and do a lot of self-care. The other person said continue building off of the momentum from last year. Become stronger and get more money. Next is I want to finally quit smoking. Ooh, wow. Good for you. Good luck with that that's a really strong resolution also sorry it's raining outside if you can hear next is be more myself than ever in all aspects like fashion personality career and my art and i full hundred percent support that for you girl you know who you are if you're listening i think you're very creative and you'll definitely find that goal this year Obviously, the next one I fully support as well. And this person says, drink more wine. This year is the year of me fully trying more wine. And this person is going to do it with me. You know who you are if you're listening. We're going to go out, drink lots of wine, different wineries, and honestly splurge. I think this year is when I want to splurge on wine. And I think this person is going to agree. And we can both split it. We can split that expensive bottle because we we want to up our our wine taste buds, you know, our bougie palate, you know. I, I see that this year. And lastly, these last two resolutions I got are pretty similar but have a really good message. So the first one says, none this year. Just want to be happy and healthy and that can start whenever. Then the other one says, None, just taking it day by day and allowing myself to grow with no added pressure. And honestly, I like that attitude as well. Like, despite this whole episode being about New Year's resolutions, new starts, new beginnings, and everything like that, I also fully support this attitude and mindset because honestly, it really is all about just taking it day by day, doing it in your own pace, and not having to adhere to like societal standards. And I just really like that. So thank you guys for putting that perspective out there and sharing it with me. And honestly, just thank you guys, everyone who replied to my story and my question, because I appreciate everyone's interactions as always, like I always say. 
But this one, I really like hearing everyone's mindsets on the new year. And I just hope everyone achieves their goals. So with that being said, let's get into the psychology part of New Year's resolutions. And I got most of this information from that podcast, Let's Talk About Mental Health. The host basically said that the whole idea of setting New Year's resolutions most of the time revolves around trying to solve a problem or get rid of a difficult situation. So if you think about it, a lot of common, let's look at common New Year's resolutions. So a lot of people want to eat healthy or exercise more, lose weight, you know, stuff like that. Basically a lot about health and it's, you know, I'm not going to do a blanket statement here, but I'm thinking that most of the time they want to tackle a problem, which is either them wanting to lose weight or difficult situations which is them not eating healthy whereas they want to try to eat healthier so it's they brought this up because they said that it's important to think about the reasons why you want to make these resolutions so i know i mentioned that a lot of people make these resolutions because they want to lose weight but it's important to think deeper than that like why do you want to lose weight it's important to really think about is your reasoning more internal or external? Do you want to lose weight because you think you'll look better to look good? Or do you want to lose weight because you want to feel good in your clothes that you wear? You want to feel good every single day when you're eating or when you're working out, like you want to feel strong. So those are obviously two different reasons and it's important to reflect and to think about those reasons. And I just thought that was interesting because, you know, there's obviously, I'm not saying, like I mentioned, I'm not saying everyone's trying to lose weight for other people, but it's important to just really reflect and analyze why do you want to lose weight and to make sure that it's for the right reasons and it's for yourself, if that makes sense. Am I making sense? (laughs) Another psychological idea of New Year's resolutions that he talked about and that I thought was really interesting is that the idea of a new year or just a milestone in general just does something to our brains that make us literally reflect or to try to improve. Just give, It just gives us a feeling of wanting to stop and reevaluate what we're doing or where we're going. So this can, I mean, this doesn't even just apply to New Year's. It applies to like birthdays as well like when people turn you know a certain age they're probably like for example me oh my god I'm gonna turn 27 in two months and that's already freaking me out like I already know when I turn 27 I'm gonna be like hardcore being in an existential crisis thinking about what I'm doing with my life and that's another similar like brain activity that happens when you do new new year's resolutions It can also happen in wedding anniversaries, like maybe when a couple turns like, or when a couple's anniversary becomes like their 10th anniversary, they'll probably start thinking like, oh my God, you know, what else can we do? Or like, where are we going? It's just the whole idea of milestones that really does something to the brain that gets us to really think. And I think that's really cool. I think that's actually like a good thing, but it's also a scary thing. Because for a new year, I feel like when it comes to New Year's resolutions, obviously people take it seriously, but then sometimes there's like a underlying implicit layer of it being like, oh, lighthearted 
New Year's resolutions. Oh, it's okay if you break them. Like, you can try again next year. But when it comes to, like, birthdays, that's deep stuff. Like, I I think it's because you're getting older. Like, it, it adds that extra layer of, oh, I'm getting older. Like, it's not just another year. It's another year of age and wisdom and life experiences. I don't know. I just, even though that's the same thing for New Year's. I don't know. That's It's just crazy how our brains think that way when it comes to milestones. And I definitely think that way. Like, like I said, I'm turning 27. I had mentioned like four years ago when I was 23 that by the time I'm 27, I for sure wanted to be out, moved out from my house into my own place. And that's in two months. And I'm nowhere near ready to do that. Like, I'm working a part-time job. Don't make enough money to live in my own apartment. So, I mean, yeah, that's all I can say about that. (laughs) And the last thing I wanted to mention after I paused a little bit because I had to, like, I had to stop myself. I was like, I'm getting too deep into existential crisis. I need to move on with this podcast. So the last psychological aspect of New Year's resolutions that I found interesting is that there's two key drivers when it comes to making resolutions that people usually think about or should think about. And the first one is what is driving these resolutions? And the way that the podcast host put it was really interesting. He said, are you trying to achieve something Or are you trying to stop slash avoid something? So I think you can look at it as like your mindset. Like how how are you looking at this? So back to the example of weight loss or weight gain, whichever is your goal. Again, are you trying to achieve something? That achievement could be like a certain body weight or muscle mass or the way your pants fit, stuff like that. Or are you trying to avoid slash stop something? You know, stuff like that. I think, like I said, it's all about mindset. You can either be like, instead of saying like, I don't want, I don't want to get fat. You can say, I want to feel good in my jeans. You know? And obviously I'm not trying to fat shame. Like this is, I'm just using a common, basic, typical example of what people say is their resolution and how they probably go about it so i am not trying to fat shame i am not trying to say you should definitely lose weight and not get fat i'm just saying that that is not the right way to think about it like you should think about it as like how you want to internally feel not look not presenting yourself physically but how you want to feel internally so that is how i'm gonna choose how to look at my resolutions i want to see it as i want to achieve something which i will get to later at the end of the episode i will tell you why but the second driver that you should think about is how are you going to approach these resolutions and that's important too because are you going to approach these in a way that's very strict because you want to get it done fast that's obviously not sustainable. It's not going to work. You should try to start slow. It's I know that's cliche. A lot of things I'm going to say on here are cliche. But you know what? New Year's resolutions are cliche. 
the whole idea of bettering yourself is a cliche, so it just works well. Sometimes being cliche is what you need. Sometimes being cliche helps. And starting slow, starting little by little, you know, slow and steady wins, wins the race. Haven't you read that book, The Tortoise and the Hare? The tortoise wins because he took it day by day very slowly. <laughs> I'm This wine is getting to me already, as you can tell. But it works. It works, okay? But yeah, that's basically the psychology of what New Year's resolutions are, why people make them, you know, the whole mindset of people making New Year's resolutions. So basically, obviously, the whole common theme of this episode is to find the right reasons of why you make these resolutions. And it's good to reflect and to better yourself, improve yourself, but to obviously have right the right reasons and to approach them in the right way. Because remember, New Year's resolutions are not like made in stone. They're not set in stone. They're not mandatory. Like you have to stick to them the whole year. It can be like little mini goals. Like let's say the first three months you want to work out a certain way. Like you want to do Pilates. And then the, maybe in the next three months you want to do yoga or whatever. You can do that. Or you can even be like, oh, I want to focus on my health right now. And then maybe during the summer I want to, my New Year's resolution is to travel. And then maybe the winter after that my New Year's resolution is to read more because I'll have more downtime. You know, I... Actually, I just made like a really good schedule for myself. Maybe I should stick to that. <laughs> but you get my point. And also, it's not, like I said, sin stone. So let's say you start off the new year and you're like, I'm going to work out five, seven days a week. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lift heavy, blah, blah, blah. And let's say you're doing it for two weeks and you're just like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. I thought I would like going to the gym. I feel like it's torture. You can try another thing. You can try yoga. Maybe maybe lifting weights is not your thing. Or maybe you can switch it up. You can do weights three days a week and yoga twice a day. I mean twice a week. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm kind of scared low-key. So let me know if you got some tips. I am not strong. I'm very weak, especially in the core. Okay, sorry. I had to stop. I don't know if you heard my family in the background. They were talking really loud, but... Anyway, that's the end of the whole spiel of New Year's resolutions. I thought it'd be very interesting to end off this episode with my New Year's resolutions. And to make it interesting, because obviously the whole point of this episode was to talk about the psychology of New Year's resolutions and having a good approach. I wanted to criti- like critique my New Year's resolutions using the same exact model that business, if you're a business major, then you know this. I minored in business, but I I know what this is. The SMART goals. So you use like the literally, it's an acronym. So S-M-A-R-T, each letter stands for something else, but you use the SMART goals to literally critique business goals so they can make sense and that's just, I, I just thought that it would be perfect for a new year's resolution goal because that that's what it is a goal that you want to achieve for yourself so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna list my four new year's resolutions and see if they meet the criteria of the smart goals 
So just to preface, if you're not a business major, if you don't know what a SMART goal is, so like I mentioned, SMART, the word SMART is an acronym in this case. The S stands for specific. So your statement slash goal slash New Year's resolution in this case has to be specific. M is measurable. That means your goal has to be measurable. Like you have to have some sort of literal measure or number for it to make sense. Like you need to know. It's, it's just easier to achieve that way because you know, like you have to have a concrete number if that makes sense. The A is attainable. Like that's obvious. Your goal has to be attainable. If it's not attainable, you're going to give up. It's going to be easy to not follow through with your goal. And the R means realistic. Again, your goal slash New Year's resolutions has to be realistic because again, you if it's not realistic, you're not going to follow through. I, I'm not going to make a New Year's resolution of me losing 100 pounds in a month because that's, again, not realistic. It's going to be hard and I'm going to either kick myself over it or give up. So it has to be realistic. And lastly, the T is timely. So it has to be, or you have to have a time, a range of time in your goal. So it's a Again, more concrete and easy to measure and follow. So for example, you can be like, I want to lose this much weight in this many weeks. Or I want to work out this many times a week for this long. Or I want to read this many books in this many months. You know, you get my point. So you, it's, it's better to have a time in there. So that's basically what SMART means. And I'm going to use that to critique my New Year's resolutions. So my first New Year's resolutions is I didn't want to be, you know, basic, typical and say, you know, eat healthy and work out regularly. But to be more specific, the S in SMART, my goal is to eat at least one vegetable serving. I know that's so bad, but like I... This is coming from someone who literally doesn't eat vegetables a lot. I want to eat at least one serving of vegetable a day for, I'm going to try to be consistent, for two months. So that's my timely and specific part of the SMART. Oh, and the measure, because I said I want to eat one a day at least. And it, I think I think that's very attainable. Like that's, I'm, I think I'm setting the bar way too low at that point, but... I want to, I'd rather overachieve and be like, wow, I did more than not achieve it. You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> or also I'm just lazy. Like I just, I, I, I'm not saying I don't eat vegetables. It's just hard to eat that recommended. I think it's like four servings a day. Like, I don't know. And is that bad? <laughs> like there'll be times where I eat like, I don't know. Maybe that is bad. Okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it to two servings a day. So I'm going to try to like chop up some vegetables and like throw it in some eggs or something. And I'm going to try to do that every day. Also, don't judge me. Okay, like I do cook. I try to cook a lot and eat vegetables. But sometimes, you know, I live at home. So when my mom makes food, sometimes it doesn't have vegetables. But, you know, it's the only thing there. And I don't have a lot of money. So don't judge me. Okay, anyway, 
that was my first New Year's resolution. My second New Year's resolution is, again, I didn't want to just be like, I want to continue working out, you know, five times a week, whatever. My new New Year's resolution is to do weight training three times a week and Pilates two times a week, whether that's, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, or, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. Oh, wait, I I said that already. (laughs) You get my, you get my point. Like, no matter what order I do it, I just want to incorporate Pilates because I, like I said, I'm new to Pilates, but I want to really get stronger in my core. So there, that's my reason. I want to be strong in my core and that's for me because I feel like my core is very weak. I just want to maybe like not exactly get abs. I just want to be strong in my core. I want to be able to balance, you know, I feel like by this point I should be able to balance easily and there's some exercises that seem easy and I feel like I should do and I can't do because I can't fucking balance because I have really weak core strength. So that's why I want to incorporate Pilates there so I hit specific measurable I said twice a week that's very attainable because it's only two times a week I think that's very realistic because there's free YouTube videos of Pilates and in regards to timely I want to try to be consistent with this for at least two months and see how that goes so I can see you know my progress in Pilates see if it's working for me if I feel good if I want to alter that maybe three times a week my first session was yesterday. It was fucking hard. I'm sore on my core and I only did it for like 20 minutes. So I can only imagine Pilates for an hour, which I'm not sure if I'm ready for yet, but I do want to work my way there one day. Okay, my third resolution is actually my favorite one because I'm so excited to start this. I haven't done it before and I think I have very good reasons for it. So my third New Year's resolution is that I want to start reading American literature. So I know I did AP Lit. If you know me, you're probably rolling your eyes because I took AP Lit in high school. But I don't count that because that was literally a class that made me read those books. But this resolution, I chose this because one, there's a lot of stories out there that I haven't read. And I don't mean like forcing me to read in class like I want to read these on my own I want to really digest the story and also because a lot of my favorite movies are inspired by American literature so I kind of would like to know the story the original story so that's one of my reasonings and another one of my reasonings which I think is very important more important to me is because I want to build my vocabulary I'm I get so frustrated when I Go when I do the wine tastings here on my podcast and I can't fucking describe what I'm drinking or I use the same words all the time. I hate it. Like I just I want to be able to describe a person or just anything easily using different words instead of the same words all the time. I'm so tired of saying cool, great, loving or pretty, beautiful. I, or when it comes to wine, I The only words I know for wine are like citrusy, sour, dry, but like, you know, wine tasting or like wine connoisseurs use way more different vocabulary that some words, I don't even know how it just comes to them naturally. And I just want to improve on that. So 
that's why I want to read American literature more. So that's the S in smart. I made it very specific. As for the measure, like measurable part, I want to try reading one book every two months. So that's actually very low. Like like the bar is set low to that, but I'm also a student already and I work and I do this podcast as a hobby. So I don't want to set a whole unrealistic goal for myself to read these books in like two weeks or something because that's that's obviously not going to happen. I just want to be able to enjoy them and absorb them when I can and when I want. So I think that's a very measurable and attainable limit. So I say one book every two months. So that's very realistic and attainable, like I said. And it's timely. I'm going to try. That's for time. Every two months, one book every two months, that's six books in a year. That's very doable, I think, in my opinion, especially for American literature. So that's my third one. And that's why I'm excited for it, because I hope it really does build my vocabulary and it helps me with not only describing wine to people, but also in my interviews. I want to be able to talk to these people in my guest episodes more easily and to just communicate effectively instead of like stumbling, mumbling, and using filler words or, you know, not really articulating my thoughts very well. I know I'm not very good at that, but I hope by reading literature and just exercising my brain that way, I hope that I get better in that. Okay, my fourth New Year's resolution is not really like a self-improvement type of goal. It's more like a decluttering goal, literally, or like just you know, make my space better. I guess, I don't know, maybe that is related to self-improvement. I don't know, but my fourth goal is to get rid of 50% of my closet by the end of the year. So I thought that was very specific and I did put a measure in it. I said 50% of my closet. So I say that because my closet is so packed with clothes that I literally don't wear and I always still look at my closet. I'm pretty sure this is a common thing for girls or guys. I don't know, but you probably see these memes everywhere on TikTok where you just look at your closet that's full of clothes and you don't know what to wear. And I hate that. I'm tired of being like, oh yeah, that's me. Cause I don't want to, I don't want that to be me anymore. I'm tired. I want to see the back of my closet wall and I can't see it. So I want to get rid of 50%. I know that's a lot, but I just feel like I bought so many clothes recently that getting 50% away or even selling it, I don't know, however way I I get rid of it, I want to get rid of it. I just feel like that'll make me feel more zen. I won't feel overwhelmed anymore. I'll have more space for things. And I just, just seeing clutter makes my head hurt. I'm going to try to measure it by like if I haven't worn it the past year then it's going away I just have a really bad habit where like I'll pull out a shirt even if I haven't worn it the past year and I'm like you know what when if what if I need it one day like I will never forget when I decluttered my closet a couple years ago in college I had a Hawaiian shirt I haven't worn the Hawaiian shirt like in a year I think but I was like what if I need this for like a Hawaiian party but I still gave it away I was like whatever I gave it away And tell me why, in a few weeks after, I got invited to a Hawaiian party. 
like ever since then that's why my closet is full because i'm like you know what i proved myself right but i think it's time where i need to just i need to go extreme i think that's very attainable if i give myself the whole freaking year to do that so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna try to do little by little every month maybe every three months or so i'm gonna like fill up a couple bags of clothes bags shoes especially with shoes I think that passed the criteria for the SMART goal. That was very specific, measurable, very attainable, and that's also really very realistic. So I'm proud of myself for that one. Fourth New Year's resolution. Wait, was that my fourth one? Wait, yeah, that was my fourth one. Wait, what number are we in? Oh my god, that was my fourth one. Okay, so this is my last one. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This wine? You know what? It didn't, I didn't think it was going to be strong, but... I'm on my second glass and I'm very warm now. I'm not cold anymore, so I think it's working. <laughs> but to end off my resolution list, I wanted to mention my fifth one. And my fifth one is very general. I, I don't think it's going to meet the specific part in the SMART goals, but I still think it's very attainable. And it is to be more present. So what I mean by that is that I think I'm on my phone a lot. And I think my boyfriend can definitely vouch for this because he tells me all the time. But I'm definitely on my phone a lot. Sometimes even when I'm in a group setting or hanging out with someone. And I'm tired of doing that. I want to be present. And even when I'm watching TV, that's another really bad habit that I have. Is that I'll put on a movie or a TV, but I'll, I'll be on my phone. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know why my hands and my brain go towards my phone when I literally have a TV on in front of me. I don't know. If you're a psychologist or you know, like, if you know why that happens, please let me know because I don't understand why I still need to reach for my phone when I have a TV in front of me. But yeah, I just think this goal is very important and I really want to achieve this because I want to remember these memories that I'm making or even if it's just chilling watching tv i want to actually relax and chill so yeah i don't think that's very specific but i have a good reasoning behind it so i'm gonna just pass on that <laughs> on the s part but i think that's very oh no actually i don't even think that's measurable either so i think i think this goal is an exception of my smart goals role <laughs> because i think this goal, if I achieve this, is going to help me achieve every other goal I have. This is basically like the prerequisite of achieving other goals. Because how am I going to achieve another goal if I'm not present? If I'm not distracted? You know? You get me? I think that's a very good ending to my list. Like, I just think being present in general is a good lifestyle choice to make. And it's a good way to not only improve yourself but to, you know, get rid of distractions and to start working towards your goals. So yeah, you know what? I'm just going to make an executive decision. It is my podcast. I'm going to try to be present this whole year. And if I fail one day, then I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am sorry. I did not mean to joke like that. What I meant was if I fail one day, I'm not going to act like it's the end of the world. I'm just going to continue being present. I'm going to put my phone down if I catch myself on my phone. 
and try to watch the damn movie I have on or hang out with the person I'm with, if that makes sense. So yeah, that was the last New Year's resolution I have. I've already been talking for like 50 minutes. I feel like that's enough. The whole idea of New Year's resolutions is not a whole big idea to talk about, but I made it into a 50-minute podcast, so I hope this was interesting for you. Nonetheless, I hope that you learned something, you know, from my two glasses in. This is my point of view. And honestly, if you want to share your New Year's resolutions with me, I would love that. You can comment below on my Instagram post, or you can shoot me a DM. Let me know if you if you have any new year's resolutions that you want to share with me or if you have opinions about my resolutions if you think they're dumb you know as long as you're nice about it i'm open to that critique as well but yeah i just think this was an important topic to talk about as the new year rolled on and a good solo episode as well you know i just thought the whole idea of starting fresh and drinking healthy things aka this wine that is vegan and just talking about bettering yourself and learning to reflect with good reasoning and having good intentions of your new year's resolutions was a good way to start this year so thank you again for staying until the end i hope that my chaos was fun to listen to whether you're listening to it on your way to work on your way back from work while you're cleaning, while you're doing laundry, I don't know, I just, you know, whatever you, however you listen to it, thank you for tuning in today, and I hope that you enjoyed my almost full year of my podcast, and I hope that you stay with me for another year, especially at my one-year anniversary next month. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you know the drill, make sure that you go follow my podcast socials at the chatty fox underscore, so you can be notified of new episodes that come out or even just fun wine content that I'll make and just educate you on. And if you also enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you go follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. And you can leave me a five-star review as well. That would really help me and my podcast get exposure to people who maybe have not been exposed to my podcast yet and are interested in that content, you know, Spotify will recommend my podcast to them if they see that I have good reviews. So thank you again for the support, and I really appreciate any and all support that is given to me. And I love you guys. I love my Foxies. Thank you, Foxies. I don't say that a lot. I'm going to try. That's my other resolution. I'm going to try to say Foxies more often now. This That needs to come naturally to me. Thank you so much, Foxies, for staying till the end, and I'll see you next week for a special guest episode. Bye!